You're listening to Growing Up Millennial, a podcast about all that media that we loved in the 90s and the early aughts. As always, I'm Adri, one of your co-hosts and a elder millennial, geriatric millennial even, who grew up in an island in the Caribbean. I am now joined today by the lovely Helene Karp. She can't make it. She's got plenty of things in her social calendar to Ooh, do. Nice. I know. I know. She's a very in-demand person, Seth. Yeah. Um, so instead, I have the voice, the legend behind the white man's corner, Seth Wilson, my husband, who I <laughs> basically forced to record. <laughs> no, you didn't force me. Well, hi, everybody. Hello. How are you? Good, and you? I'm doing great. I That's mean, good. I'm talking to one of my favorite people in the yeah, world. Yeah, so am I. And I have a dog on my lap. Ah, things can cannot get better. Nope. Anyway, um, we we come at you with this bonus episode, which we didn't mean to like release an episode this week because it's Thanksgiving week. Yeah. But I don't know. You might be listening to us like a few months from now. Years from now, days from now, hours from now. We don't know. But also we just want to have a chat with you guys, right? Like this is us talking at people. (laughs) (laughs) Or or counterpoint, is it people eavesdropping on our conversations? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyway, one of the things I wanted to talk to you today. Okay. uh, In this very not at all awkward way of talking to your spouse sure. <laughs> via podcast is, uh, uh, well, there's a lot of things we want to talk about yeah. today, right? But one of the first things we want to talk about is like a follow-up to our latest published episode of the show, which centers on, obviously, the Olsen twins. The movie was Our Lips Are Sealed, which mm-hmm. takes place in Australia. And one of the things that you were like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that joke flew right on top of my head. Yeah. Was a line that Willie Garson, who plays an FBI agent and Our Lips Are Sealed, and he he kind of plays like the B-level FBI agent, right? If, yeah. Right? Am I reading it correctly? Junior agent. I like guess. a junior, like a... Like a backup yeah, agent, yeah. like an assistant agent. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not the. He's not the guy in charge. He's not the head honcho uh, of witle- witness relocation, which no. is definitely not an FBI right. jurisdiction right. thing. But whatever. Uh, we, I've already exhausted mm. that plot thing. I know. I'm, I listened. The, you do. You listen. I listen. Yes. What? Okay. Anyway, yeah. requirement to be married. To me, <laughs> honestly, um, was he said. I knew I should have gone into ladies' shoes. Yeah. And can you, in your best white man way, explain to us the origins of that joke and and what you believe is the origins of that joke? Okay. So, and I want to just, on the record, say that this is all alleged. Everything is alleged in this podcast. (laughs) Matter of scholarly debate. Okay, gotcha. Um, Look at us, we're scholars now. I know. Pop culture scholars. My goodness. Um, So it's a matter of scholarly debate, but it has long been rumored that J. Edgar Hoover Mm -hmm. had a secret life as a homosexual. Okay. In in his public life, he was unmarried his entire life. He was a confirmed bachelor? Confirmed bachelor. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, you were also a confirmed bachelor once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before in the, we met. But in the fun way, not in the Jagger Hoover way. <laughs> do you think you're... I mean, side note, do you think your family thought you had like a secret life? My mom every now and then asked me, you do like girls, right? <laughs> Why would she ask that? I have no idea. Is it because you're not afraid to wear pink? I don't know. Huh. Okay. Probably because I didn't date a whole lot, maybe, or she didn't think I was dating a whole lot. But it's like, oh, really bring all the girls home, you know? Yeah. And then you brought me and then that was it. Yeah. Look what happened. See, that's why you can't bring girls home. <laughs> you end up marrying yeah. them. Yeah. Worked out okay for me, though. Oh, well, you know. Uh, jury's still out on jury's me. Jury's still out for you? <laughs> no, yeah. just kidding. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. It, thank you. So, part of J. Edgar Hoover's rumored, alleged, secret life is that he liked to wear women's clothing and had a particular interest in women's shoes. Okay. So, he was doing drag, was the rumor. Yeah. Yeah, privately, with with uh, amongst amongst his... Alleged alleged circle, okay, of of fellow closeted men. Well, but you could still. I mean, this is just me being maybe a contrarian, right? Like, but um, you could still enjoy doing drag and be straight. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like part of like us, like I feel a little bit icky, kind of talking about all this because I'm like, well, you know, kind of speculating about someone's sexuality, whether they're alive or dead, or whether they they did terrible things or not is like kind of weird, but like it's part of the joke the, of the, the thing joke. of the media we've been consuming, it right? Was, for some reason, it was a big part of the zeitgeist. The In the time. 90s, you In said? In the 90s. Okay. I remember there being a lot of jokes about it. Like on late night TV, there was even a joke in the Animaniacs about it. And that's I, that's wild. Yeah. Like I, but there's a lot of things that I think that in Animaniacs, particularly, or Pinky and the Brain, or, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. the, w, the, the WB cartoons, let's yeah. just say, where I'm like, I bet did. you, I bet you that if I watched it again, I'm like, that is so yeah. fucking inappropriate. Yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of jokes that are aimed at the adult audience in those shows. As um, like I said, we they did the Jagger Hoover women's shoes joke. There's the fi- the infamous fingerprints joke in Animaniacs. It's pretty racy. I don't know what the fingerprint joke is. I'll show you later. Is that? Are you gonna show me like a clip, or are you gonna show me? I'll show you the clip. <laughs> I was trying to say if like that was like a double entendre. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, if you're cringing at home. <laughs> All right. So that being said, why is it that there was such like speculation? I mean, I know there's always speculation on like um, confirmed bachelors or whatever, yeah. like Clooney. Like there was like a lot of speculations. Like when is he going to settle down yeah, or whatever? Tom Cruise for Tom a long time. Like, why was there? And I get it. Like, when you're a public figure, like, every, it seems like everything is fair game. Yeah. And he was the director of the FBI, how long? Or what? He was in the FBI for a, lot, a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, from 1921 until his death in 1972. Okay, so that's like 51 years in the FBI, but how long did he spend as the director? Like, how many presidencies, at least? He was director of the FBI for, like, six presidents. That's, like, a lot. Yeah. Has that ever been topped? Like, that couldn't have been topped, right? It seems like every time we get a new president, we get a new FBI director. Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's the way it works. I can't remember. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember. Well, it seems like, to me, like, every time we get a new president, they make the choice to appoint a new director of FBI and many other 
yeah, agencies yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. It's it's not only the FBI. Like the 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 apolitical director days are very much gone. Oh, they never existed. Yeah, Andrew Hoover was very politically motivated. And what? So what? Like the administrations didn't care. No, they did. Truman was very concerned about the amount of power that J. Edgar Hoover had amassed. And that is Truman Capote? Not Uh, Harry S. Truman. I'm like, Truman, like, who? Well, but okay. Truman Capote was, you know, in his lifetime, did spend a lot of time spreading rumors about J. Edgar Hoover's sexuality, rumored sexuality. Okay. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover ruthlessly cracked down on people who spread these rumors. And Truman Capote said he just liked making J. Edgar Hoover mad. So. You know, I never thought I'd feel a kinship with Truman Capote, but like to do something, to do and say something just to like provoke someone, yeah, feels really on brand. Yeah, like just like there's such a like disregard for consequences mm-hmm. and rules and like disregard of like I don't care if you're powerful or not. Yeah, <laughs> you scare me. And is is. Creepy as it can feel, talking about someone's sexuality in this way. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to, to bring this up because Jagger Hoover himself collected tons and tons of blackmail information in his life. Okay. Especially about people's sexual life. Well, and I mean, if history has taught us anything, you don't do that unless you have a pretty big secret. Probably. Of your yeah. own. Yeah. In that um, area. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I much mean, so that like – Richard Nixon, of all people, was like, I can't do anything with Hoover. He's too powerful. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe, and, I mean, and, maybe maybe the sexuality, like, rumors were true or not true. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, he was also instrumental in what they call the lavender scare. Okay. What is the lavender scare? It was- um, I only know lavender haze. <laughs> it's the, uh, it was a sort of purge of, of, of what- People they thought were homosexual or homosexuals in government and public life. Oh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. And ironically, one of his compatriots in this was the lawyer Roy Cohn, who Ugh. himself was a gay man. Uh-huh. Uh former lawyer to President Trump. Yeah. And sort of a mentor figure, and also the uh mentor to Roger Stone. Ew. Yeah. So Roy Cohn, bad guy. Bad, bad ew, guy. Ew. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it just here's why I feel like conflicted, and it's the same way I feel conflicted um with like Republican senators, Congress people, politicians, whoever, of or people I just don't agree with on like a policy level. Yeah. It's like, I mean, just because I don't agree with their tactics or what they're doing or what they're what they believe in doesn't mean that I think they deserve to be outed. Yeah. But like there's a tiny asterisk in there for me on like my feelings. I have very complicated feelings. I, I want everyone to know that. But like there's a tiny asterisk in there where it's like if you've made um, the lives of queer people like harmful and like terrible or like you know killed some or like made them want to kill themselves or like oppress queer people in any way or members of the LGBTQIA community in any way and then it turns out that someone outs that person as being part of that community I feel 
less icky, even though I still feel icky about it. It's gross, but there is an element of like comeuppance about it. Like it's or, or like a and you feel terrible about seeing someone's sexuality weaponized in that way. Yeah, exactly. But then that weren't you just doing that to other people, yeah, kind yeah, of thing. It was like yeah. there's like almost a symmetry that my that our brains, which are wired for story, yeah. right? Kind of maybe appreciate and maybe that's why it doesn't mm-hmm. incense me as much as it should. Yeah, yeah. So I I have w- weird like feelings about like this conversation, yeah. but we did talk about the origin of the joke, which yeah. you know it's yeah. it's important to have that context. I thought the joke was about Willie Garson's character in Sex in the City, which premiered in 1998 and he was in it for like the first mm-hmm. pilot episode. So he was like there since the beginning. And for the three people who don't know what Sex in the City is, it's this show set in New York City about a group of, group of girlfriends helmed by Carrie Bradshaw, who is a sex and love columnist, you know, back when you can make your entire living from, you know, writing a column like that. And she had a very not so secret um, love affair with shoes, yeah. specifically Malona Blanix. Yeah, I remember that. Manolos. Manolos. Um, who is actually a Spanish uh, shoe designer. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say one of the reasons why there was so much speculation about Jagger Hoover's sexuality in the 90s was because I think in 93 or 94, there's a fairly extensive biography about him that came out. And I think they broached the subject in there. But it had been, it had been publicly discussed as far back as the 70s. Okay. But before that, even before that, there were a lot of rumors that were fairly well-known rumors that were fairly popular, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well. And this was before the internet. So this was just people talking to each other. This is just like the old-fashioned rumor mill. Yeah. Like when the internet was books. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where all the knowledge was in physical books. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Thank you, our resident white man, for just, explaining this thank to you. us. And I just I want to apologize to the audience. As a cishet white man, the thing we have to offer the world is that we are repositories of weird facts and historical information. And I failed you. I failed you, the audience, and I apologize. You failed us on many fronts, especially because you're a history major. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was too busy watching Olivia to catch that joke. She was pretty, oh. she was oh, pretty rowdy. So- okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're parenting duties <laughs> interfered with the movie <laughs> interfered with a piece of media from the well, early no, but she was really rowdy yeah she was we were really watching rowdy, that one yeah. so we both i think we both i think we had to watch it twice because we missed a lot the first time around we were both kind of chasing olivia around a lot the first time mm, was that that or winning london i can't remember they're all starting to to blend no it was it was our lips are sealed okay well she's been rowdy almost every movie that we yeah watched. yeah she's a so it's parenthood for you. Yeah. Anyway, um, also, you were the trivia champion of our New Mex- little New Mexico town yeah. <laughs> when we yeah. were in grad school. It was a team effort. It was, it was Jeff Piquel and I and other, other circulating members of the team, but mostly just Jeff and I <sighs> were the core of the team. Yeah. I remember seeing you at Trivia Night with – I wasn't really into Trivia Night – Unsurprisingly, um, because the only knowledge I have in this big brain of mine, pop culture. Yeah. Not a lot of pop culture questions um, in trivia night usually, <laughs> unless it's like a pop culture yeah, themed yeah. trivia night. But um, I remember, and I don't know if I've told you this story or not before. My, guys, you're getting a peek into our marriage. And 
maybe maybe Seth is also getting a peek into our marriage. <laughs> um, that I remember there's like this like last lightning round where you had to like send one member of your team. Mm-hmm to the front to where the quiz master was. A bonus question. There's like a bonus question. Then you write your answer as quickly as possible and you slip it to the quiz master and whoever has the first correct answer gets a bonus points, yeah. uh, which can make or break you, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I remember like you and Jeff were in there in front of the quiz master and you were so rude, both of you. Yeah. Um, and you kept like, like shoving people out of the way or whatever. And I was like, look at these little douchebags. Like, whatever. Like, I hate, like, I hate these like artsy br- dude bros who's like, like, oh, win at all costs or what at any cost. And I was yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not gonna fight with them. Like, fuck it. And then I was like, that is rude. You should only send one person from your team. You have two. Yeah. <laughs> That was the rule. I don't. I wonder how why we were both up there because you're supposed to. Only I know you were both up there, and I was incensed because you know I don't like any rule breaking. Ooh. First of all, we were. I was kind of a stickler for the rules. I'm surprised I did that. I am a stickler for the rules, and then I was like, these motherfuckers. But only in trivia. The rest of the time, I give a shit about rules. But. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I care. So I'm telling you that yeah. I cared in trivia and in life. Yeah. When people don't follow the rules. <laughs> so you know what. You almost, you and I almost never were. I know. Maybe this is the enemies to lovers portion so. of our. <laughs> That's why I don't do bar trivia anymore. I just it brought out a real a part of my personality I didn't really like. Just like a really competitive vibe. Yeah. Couldn't when be, it all costs. Yeah, yeah. Didn't like that. We did a. I mean, we did bar trivia a couple of times after we, you know, started dating almost every week. But then. Yeah. We got married and started like working like traditional jobs yeah, and we're like not about that life anymore. Guys, we don't have the energy. <laughs> and now 10 years later we have a daughter. Yeah. I don't think she would behave so well in trivia. No, no. It's out past her bedtime anyway. You know what my crowning achievement was in bar trivia? What's that? It was this like round of like sometimes they'll have like pictures mm-hmm. and you'll have to say who it is. So it was 10 picture, like eight or 10, something like that, of either like women scientists mm-hmm. or teen mom. And, and, oh, and, a te- boy. and or teen, like I bet it was you like, cleaned up. So it was like, so if you knew the women scientists, you had like two points. And if you knew the teen mom name, you got one point, but you had to decide which one you were going to okay, write okay. in. Yeah. Because it was either you knew you you went with te- the teen mom route or you mm-hmm. went the scientist route. Okay. So of course I didn't know the lady scientist being an arts uh, being in the arts myself <laughs> because I am terrible, but I knew the names of all the teen mom, uh, you know, ladies. And when they were calculating the scores, it was like one of those like right before like intermission or a break. Yeah. Like the quiz master goes, the team. To the team who got all the teen mom uh, answers correct, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and it was like me and my girlfriends, and I had been like they'd never watched like reality TV mm-hmm. or anything, and I was the one who was like, "I got it, guys! I got it!" <laughs> like people, they had like one of the scientists out of like the eight, so yeah. we only get like two points, and then I, we, you know, I yeah. got all eight, we got all eight points, and they're like. Wow, your brain is filled with trash. And I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But guess what? This trash brain is getting us points. That's right. So, you know, 
yeah. crowning mo- moment. Now, if they like now, I think nowadays if they did that, it would probably be the cast of Vanderpump Rules yeah. or like a yeah. Bravo TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I would still be able to name them. Yeah, unless it's like maybe Below Deck. I haven't been as involved in be- Below Deck lore okay. recently. Okay. Maybe I need to get back into that. Okay. But that's not until that now. Okay, so. Now that we've covered the joke and the trivia behind it all, yeah, how have you been uh, with our the movies we've seen so seen so far? Uh, for okay. the first time, <laughs> first time, yeah, um, yeah, good, good, yeah. See, and uh, just uh, I I don't like to overexplain myself here, but uh, I'm right on the dividing line between Gen X and Millennial. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I you're have- born in December 1980, which is yeah. like basically a, he's like a cusp. Gen X or millennial? Yeah, if yeah. we're using astrology. So I don't. So I don't have any nostalgia for these. I didn't. I never saw them. Well, they're not well. geared towards they you anyway. Geared towards me anyway. And I was, you know, I was. Did your sister ever get into no. them? Okay, it was too old. She was. It was kind of too old for him too. Huh. So yeah, I have no nostalgia for these. I was pleasantly surprised. At Passport in Paris. Passport to Paris. Passport yeah. to Paris. Um. Our lips are sealed. I didn't like as much because I thought the comedy was a little too broad. Okay, so it was it like too many dad jokes for you? Uh, well, it just who was the, who were those jokes for? There were so many boomer specific references. Well, I like mean, the, like the probably, laughing thing where they would stop and look and tell a joke. That was very, oh, that that oh yeah, I hated that part. Yeah, there's uh, so many boomer references. Yeah, I know it's. Literally, I think we've already kind of talked about this, but it's literally like, why? Like yeah. this is like, who, is who, this, who is this who for? Who is this movie for? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a maybe like a in in you your MFA in in writing so fiction. So it's like you know how like sometimes you write something just like for the for your own mm-hmm. pleasure instead of thinking about yeah. like the the audience, audience yeah. that you're writing for, and it's like. You know, like a masturbation of words. Yeah. Like that was kind of what that felt like to yeah. me. Like a masturbation of And I thought maybe, whatever. maybe they're trying to make the kids feel a little bit sophisticated. Like, here's adult, here's like grown-up jokes you will get. But I don't think I don't they think landed. So. I don't think, I don't think, think so. they but I don't think they landed. I, I think they just go over kids' heads. I think I to be honest with you, I think I was so traumatized by that one like m- like joke montage scene oh, yeah, that yeah. I was you know the one on the yacht that, that's the one you're referencing right yeah that I was like I just kind of like forgot it existed so when we watched it again I was like what is Ooh. this so I didn't know <laughs> so I was I did not remember that nope. that was a actual part of the movie yeah um, deja cringe ooh I like that deja <laughs> cringe hmm. Maybe this is the the title for the episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Deja Cringe. All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah, look at see writer. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. Um, yeah. So, how about switching goals? What did you think about that one? Ah, uh, I liked it. I mean, I know you. I you. We get kind of your gist of like what you think the movie is about yeah. in your like white man corner musings, yeah. but I think it's just like a little bit more. Um, Asking about this. Yeah, I I liked it. I didn't like it as much. I like the travel-oriented ones. Okay. Um, well, uh, to be fair, Switching Goals was a Disney Channel um, okay. a production 
like it was it was aired on the Disney Channel, but produced by the Dual Star Entertainment. Okay, okay. Uh, group, but not in association with Tapestry Films, which did the uh, the travel oriented ones. Did you get an IMDb Pro subscription and not tell me? No, I just okay. You know, I just Google a lot. If you do, it's okay. You just gotta let me know because I want to use it. Oh, I know, I know. Okay. I just, I just don't. Okay, I don't okay. want to pay for another subscription. Okay, oh, just, just we already pay for so many. Oh, no. I just put that out there. Okay, well, I'll I'll look into it. Okay. Okay. We don't have to. I just thought if you did, if you did, I'd like to access. So, um, Tapestry Films may went on to make like more like upscale movies after this. Okay. But um, one of the things is like this was Switching Goals was catered towards like Disney Channel TV because. I don't know if you remember this from the late 90s, early aughts. The Olsen twins had a Disney Channel show oh, that I came did. after this called So Little Time. I had no idea about that. Yeah. We just we wanted to cover it on uh-huh. the show the this podcast. Yeah. But we can't find full seasons. Oh no. And I don't think it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, yet. probably not. So that's what and I don't think the Olsen twins really want to um probably not. They don't want anyone else finding their like pre-row, the row, yeah, as yeah, in the, the row, clothing the label, um, work because they worked really hard to get away from that image. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we're swiftly undoing all that hard work yeah. while you know doing this podcast. <laughs> and have you looked at on eBay for DVDs of, of Olsen Twins movies? I've looked at um, a lot of the major like resellers or um, like the used bookstores and stuff, um, but not on eBay. So- eBay, I am surprised that some of these movies are going for on eBay. Really? Yeah, it's a little shocking. Yeah. How how much? I think How the West Was Fun was up there around seventy bucks. Jesus fucking Christ! For the DVD. Oh, I think. Hmm. We'll see. Okay. Well. Uh, you know, put a pin on it, guys, whether or not Seth and I will be covering <laughs> yeah. How the West Was Fun, yeah. <laughs> which is one of the earliest. One of the early ones, yeah, because they're, they're pretty little in that one. Yeah. I thought we might enjoy that, yeah. but, you know, we'll, we'll see. give it a shot. Um, anyway, so switching goals, you didn't love it as much. Yeah, that is a little misogynistic, especially for the 90s. Oh, well, the dad was like- Oh, he was terrible. He terrible. Was terrible. Just a straight up bonehead. Throw the whole man away. Straight up bonehead. And you know, if you if you read the newsletter, you know my feelings yeah. on the dad and whatever quote lesson he learned during yeah. that time. Yeah, uh, only because his daughter was talented. I don't think he would have learned the lesson otherwise. No, you know. Yeah. So fuck that guy. And I will say, um, switching goals had a lot of competition in my mind. Uh huh. Because the, there was two soccer movies. Uh huh. Two the, the two all time great soccer movies. Okay. One. Rudo y Kersi, with Gael yep. Garcia Bernal. But that came Diego after. Luna, which came after. Mm-hmm. But it's also about soccer playing siblings. It's an amazing movie. Then the other all-time greatest soccer movie, She's the Man. Also came after. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe switching goals walked so Legs those could, could, run. Yeah. could actually play soccer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know what also came after that was Bend It Be- Like Beckham. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. But that's right. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe we could watch that. Maybe we could watch that. Um, we we have plans, guys. We have we have plans for like a sports themed season. A season that 
neither Helene and I are particularly knowledgeable about. Or but, me. Or me. But you know what? There's something about watching a sports movie that grips me in a way that watching sports can't. Yeah. And it's all about obviously the story. Yeah. Like I'm I can my my thought like my brain can concentrate on like snippets of like the game yeah. when they're shown on screen like that, but it just cannot concentrate on a full game yeah. like some people yeah, can. I can't, I can't either. And that is the ADHD talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably. I just have no interest in it. Well, also- Because I, I could watch like Barry Lyndon, like no problem. What is that? It's a really long Stanley Kubrick movie about uh, the uh, sort of picaresque. And you know how I love a picaresque. Okay. Uh, about an Irish guy who kind of makes his way through the Napoleonic world. Okay. We should watch it sometime. Sure. We will watch it sometime okay. when I am asleep, probably. <laughs> You might like it. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. It's funny. Okay. I will think about it. Okay. How about that? All right. Fine. <laughs> it's just terrible. What a terrible wife I am. No. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's fine. All right. So out of the three, your favorite so far is Passport to Paris. Yeah. We will check back in with another bonus episode and see if that's still the case and talk okay. about other things. One of those other things we wanted to talk about in the upcoming bonus episodes, because we do have, fortunately and unfortunately, a lot of holidays coming up. Yeah, we do. And, you know, we we want to leave the holiday-less weeks kind of open for, like, the actual movies and bring you some bonus, bonus content on the weeks that we do have holidays, right? So it'll be me and Seth mostly uh, just chatting, chit-chatting. Chit-chit-chat. And you're just, you know, eavesdropping from your the comfort of your home. Yeah. <laughs> or your car, you're jogging. I don't, I don't know what you do. Yeah. And all I know is we are sitting on our couch the with dogs our dogs. Yeah. And then we have to go get Olivia from, from daycare. daycare. Yeah. So, you know, things things that parents do yeah. to, <laughs> to get around it. Anyway, um, one of the things we were thinking about bringing – to the table, as it were, is music because Seth here, other than being a trivia connoisseur, a white man extraordinaire, and a doting father and husband, he loves music. Yeah. And you love talking about it, what makes yeah. it special, what what works, what doesn't work, what like does what what does like good production value mean? Like stuff like that, that I am always kind of blown away by. So like, I love when he nerds out about music and I want to ask a lot of questions (laughs) and and also maybe learn as we do that. One of those things is you coined a music genre of the times that we're kind of talking about. Could you elaborate on that and see if people might be interested in hearing more? Okay. I feel like this requires a little bit of explanation. Yeah, that's so it doesn't sound misogynistic, like misogynistic, <laughs> or, or, or derogatory in any way. He is not the dad from Switching Goals. No. I swear. I want you to imagine a romantic comedy. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you have the professional, like exceedingly professional, super competent, 
uh, female lead of the movie. Okay, like the wedding planner. Like the wedding planner, especially thinking of the wedding planner in this, in this situation. And there's usually a scene where she has to unwind a little bit. Mm-hmm. She goes home, she makes herself a nice dinner. Uh-huh. Or she puts on a movie she likes, something of that nature. Or she has to dance it out. She has to dance it out. She pours a nice glass of white wine. This is before Sideways. So it would have been Chardonnay, who's probably more popular than Pinot Grigio became. Pinot Grigio is amazing. I'm sure it is. Full stop. I'm sure it is. Um, I'm a Pinot Grigio girly. Yeah, I've never had Pinot Grigio. I quit drinking a long time ago. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, so she pours herself a glass of wine. And this is sort of the moment where we start to see beneath the, the facade of uh, – the carefully managed facade of like professionalism and, and, and uh-huh. strength. And uh-huh. we, we sort of see like the, of, the woman beneath. Like you know? the vulnerability. Yeah, the vulnerability. And that and so that's why I call the genre Chardonnay Rock. Okay. Because this is the songs that she would they would be playing in the movie during the scene. This is the song she would probably have on her iPod Nano. Or like or like <laughs> yeah, a like a those. montage, yeah. you know, like a montage scene of maybe her trying on dresses or new exactly, outfits. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that kind of vibe. Um yeah. you know what did you ever watch Easy A with Emma Stone? Yeah. Um what year was that? I think that was after the tens, though, the the twenty tens. Okay. So I'm picturing, which kind of like makes it outside of our scope of study yeah. for now. For now. For now. For now. Um, do you know, like when she like opens that? Uh, I'm not, um. Oh yeah. It, like that. Um, the card. The card was like, yeah. I got a pocket. Got a pocket full of sunshine. Yep. Like that's kind of like the vibe. It's a Chardonnay rock. Like definitely. a California, easy breezy makes you think of sunshine kind of vibe. Yeah. Vanessa Carlton, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kobe Kaye. So like Vanessa Carlton and, and White Chicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, um, oh, Carly, um, not Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm thinking of the wrong one. Um, oh my God, what was her name? Oh, I'm, I am so terrible. Uh, it's called uh, Girl Put Your Records On. Oh, Corrine Rae Bailey. Corrine Rae Bailey. I was like. Very, very strong uh, Chardonnay rock. All right, so we're gonna make a playlist and we're share make it. Playlist, we're gonna share it. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it, and it might be a few episodes. Yeah, and it might be a few no- newsletter yeah. Uh, scenarios, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, again, we're not denigrating the music or anything. It was just sort of. Oh no, no, no. it's like a great name for oh, amazing music. I love that music unapologetically. Good. Good. What about Lily Allen? Would she be considered part of Chardonnay Rock, or is she too angsty for it? I think she's a little too angsty for it, especially since her most famous song is is "Fuck You." Ah, uh, my favorite. Great song. song, written about the Bush administration. Oh, yeah. Fuck you very, very much. Fuck you very much. Yeah, yeah. Love that song. Well, there's, uh, well, there's that one. Are you mine? Is a little less angsty. Like, okay, okay. Have you? Have I ever? No, I've never heard that. One. Okay, we'll 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 listen. I'm not terribly familiar with Lily Allen. I like Lily Allen. Okay. She's pretty good. Yeah. But she's a little angsty. I'm not yeah, going to lie. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Ooh. Could anything Taylor Swift has, has anything that Taylor Swift has done, could it be considered inspired by or Chardonnay rock adjacent? That's my, my main I question think, right now. To me, I think Taylor Swift is like the bulldozer that comes along and destroys Chardonnay rock. <gasps> wow. Yeah. How did she do that? <laughs> it's interesting. I think she just occupies a different place. Okay. And the sort of the pop culture. Uh, the zeitgeist. The pop culture pantheon. And 
I'd like to say. And you wouldn't say like someone like maybe like your Billie Eilish's or like other pop stars or like, you know, singer or songwriter types also were yeah. part of that movement because it's like a quieter pop. Yeah. To me, it's Gaga and Taylor Swift. That sort of like, like wipe away Chardonnay rock. Wow. And I think it's a whole other kind of like of, of sort of female centered uh, empowering kind of pop music. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, well it's Chardonnay rock and, and we'll get more into this. I'm sure um, is not necessarily like your like pop bubblegum pop. Like it's not a Britney. It's not. No, it's more of the easy listening station in your, in your radio market back when those things still exist. Or like your, uh, your coffee house. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely can see that. Your coffee house, like women led. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with a pop to it. Yeah. So let's say, I want to say that Chardonnay Rock falls in the time period between Lilith Fair. Okay. Remember Lilith Fair? I I don't think I've ever listened to Lilith Fair. Well, but it was, it? It, was a, it was a it was a a music festival. Okay. I okay. Now now wait wait wait. All women artists very focused on like on on a on a female audience. I don't. I think I've heard Lilith Fair before. I'm I'm confusing it with Liz Fair, which is a different. Yeah, it's like an artist. Anyway, also not Chardonnay Rock, but Liz Fair is cool. Okay, I well, think guy, I, last exit to Guyville was cool. I'm not really up on the rest of her. I think I've stuff. heard a list one Liz Fair song, okay. honestly. But um, Lilith Fair is not something I was like conscious about anyway. Yeah. Um. So Lilith Fair, go ahead. And, and so to me, those are the bookends of, of Chardonnay Rock. Like Lilith Fair ended. You have this sort of time, sort of interregnum before Gaga and, and Taylor Swift. Okay. Gaga and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Where does Katy Perry fit in this scenario? <laughs> I mean, she's really in the same, she's really in that same movement. She hasn't had, the, I don't think she's had the same impact as, as those two, the same lasting impact. Uh, well, that's true. I mean, I was, I was about to be like, what firework is no no excellent song she had some great songs um, she also has a vegas residency now yeah well yeah. it just ended i think okay you know, okay um huh yeah interesting interesting well more on that to follow yeah. <laughs> although i would say uh like a latter day chardonnay rock okay tell me song would be roar oh by katie perry yeah i have the tiger what about shake it off no? I don't think so. Hmm. Guys, I'm going to find a Taylor song, even if it kills yeah. me. Yeah. Like a like a inspired by it doesn't have to fall under Chardonnay Rock. Yeah. yeah. Like a like a borrowing from the genre that Absolutely. That Seth uh, that Seth has created in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe this will be as popular as Yacht Rock. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, Yacht Rock had the TV show at first, or like the web series. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But we're not doing that. I'm not that funny. I mean, and I'm not that good looking, so. <laughs> You're good looking. Don't don't sell yourself short. Ugh, whatever. This is a audio ma- medium for a reason for me. <laughs> That's why I was a college radio DJ for so long time. I had the face for radio. Well, I say I have the face for radio and the voice for silent films. Oh, your voice is lovely. Ugh. Every time I'm every time I am editing the show, it's uncanny how much I want to just leap out of my body. I have a theory about this. Tell me. Most of human human evolution, we only heard our own voices while we were speaking. Uh-huh. We're not psychologically 
equipped. Equipped. We haven't evolved to this with this new technology. We're not supposed to hear our voices in playback. It's it's not natural to us. Well, we also shouldn't be able to gaze at our own reflection for so long. No, we shouldn't. Or, you know, record ourselves for so long or, yeah. you know, dissect our every move for so long. Yeah, like our brains are just not I mean, no no wonder why we have more anxiety, I feel like, because mm-hmm. you have we have more proof. Yeah. Of like our own blunders yeah. and our own shortcomings i think i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i'm just an anxious bean no that works for me anyway let's end on the note we always end our episodes on even our bonus episodes um that is the media we've been consuming seth can you tell us what media you've been consuming lately new blue sun by andre 3000 Ooh, tell us more okay so i know it's a hard sell to say it's a jazzy ambient flute album but it comes from one of the most unique and greatest minds of hip-hop. Yeah, it does. And it's so good. It's good. I really enjoy it. I've listened to it maybe five times already. I drifted off to sleep the other day with it. That's so great for that. If you're just puttering around the house, it's yeah, such just, a good soundtrack for that. What? And sometimes, because I, you know how I love my podcast, yeah. obviously. But also, I mean, not just growing up millennial. I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. guys. Like, you know. You would be – it's embarrassing to how many podcasts I listen to on a daily. But um, sometimes – and audiobooks, I, I, have, I have to say. Sometimes you just want something not talky. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know, like you want some – I don't know how I'll say not talky, yeah. but like even without lyrics. And like that album is so good for that. Yeah, so it's so good. When you need a refresh, you know? Yeah, you need a refresh or you're just chilling. Um, also, it's not super new. It came out, I think, a couple months ago. The new Slow Dive is good. I'm enjoying that. What is that? It's it's a Slow Dive is a shoegaze band from the 90s, but they've been recording off and on since then. Um, first album since 2017. The 2017 self-titled Slow Dive album, so good. I love that. I listen to it all the time. But anyway, Andre 3000, Slow Dive. That's what I'm into now. All right. Well... I have a recommendation, I guess, oh, yeah? for people with Audible subscriptions. So if you are in this, again, not a fucking ad, but Audible, if you're listening, please sponsor this podcast. Um, if you have an Audible sus- subscription, you have access to what they call Audible Originals, okay. which is you don't need to use your credits. Okay. Like, you know, because yeah. like that gets annoying. Like you only get – I only get two credits a month because I have like the medium subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, but two credits a month is not a lot for me specifically, even though I listen to podcasts mm-hmm. at all, like a lot. But like, you know, a girl – your girl likes to read. Yeah. So there's um, this Audible Originals trilogy, book oh, yeah. trilogy um, by – Liz, let me Liz Maverick. Okay. And it is a it is a the reason why I am shutting it out so much also is because, you know, for winter or holiday rom-coms, mm-hmm. we usually get just straight up Christmas. Yeah. Right? Not not on this one. We get Hanukkah. Hey, nice. So I myself, you know, do not celebrate Hanukkah because no. I am not Jewish. Yeah. But Guess who is our other host yep. for this podcast? Also, if you want to invite us to a Hanukkah party, if those are a thing. I mean, yeah. Feel I'm, free. 
We are. We're, we're chill. We're cool. We're chill. We're cool. And we'll bring desserts. Yeah. You know? Um, and also alcohol. Yeah. You know, whatever. We'll bring a bottle of wine. Anyway, so the first one is called Eight Winter Nights. Um, and so right now, and I read that one, I think I believe last year, but she's come out with two more books. Um, Bright Winter Lights and On a Light night like this and they all follow like this group of friends oh cool so like you know kind of like yeah. a, you know kind of like picking off the yeah, friends yeah. who are yeah. getting to meet their true love or or whatnot so it's been a fun thing to see like the dynamics kind of uh-huh. change and like how like these characters grow yeah. and also getting to see a more diverse holiday experience for everyone because not everything has to be centered around Jesus mm-hmm. and Christ. I'm trying to think about Jewish rom-coms. Not a lot of them. And holiday, I mean. Yeah, especially holiday ones. So, yeah, yeah. that's another one. Huh. Hallmark, like, I think Hallmark for the first time, like, the last couple of years had a Hanukkah oh, yeah? rom-com. And you know that that those studios, like, churn out, like, yeah. holiday movies, like, I don't know, like candy. Crazy. Also, I, I – It's I like they mass produce them. I swear yeah, to God. Yeah, I don't – I'm not going to go to the Hallmark Channel for cultural sensitivity either. Of course not. Like, but, you know, but if I'm – I'm saying just, like, in a yeah. general broad thing, there's yeah. not a lot of – I think we – I think we would have much more luck finding those kind of stories mm-hmm. in, like, indie yeah. films, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Like, that's the – that's my biggest gripe is that the studios won't take the chances on, like – just cape shit. Yeah. Just nothing but cape shit. Just like a fire hose of superhero movies. Yeah. I'm over it. I know. So that's my plug for today. Oh, that was, that was good. That's a nice plug. <laughs> All right. Please join us. What? Go Have ahead. I told you my, my fundraising strategy for your podcast? For the podcast? <laughs> Tell me more. Okay. Every episode, you all announce a code for Adam and Eve. <laughs> It doesn't exist. It's one you just made up, okay? But you use okay. the same code every time. And then people start listening to the show and start using the code at Adam and Eve. And then Adam and Eve is like, why are all these people using this code? And you do a little investigation. They come back to you all and sponsor this podcast. Okay, so go to Adam and Eve and use code GUMMYPOD. <laughs> <laughs> can't handle this. Okay. It's too much. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. Well, that's it for our bonus episode. Okay. Um, if you're celebrating Thanksgiving or any holiday, whenever you're listen, listening, um, we hope you have a great time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And if not, just a chill winter season. Or, you know, spring, summer, whenever spring, you're summer, listening. Whenever you listen to it. Just hope, <laughs> hope things are going your way. All right. Anyway, All right. we love you. Yeah. And... I can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode and, you know, all our other episodes and our future episodes as well. So please let us know your thoughts on Instagram at GummyPod or via email at GummyPod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D on both. It's we're, We've made it really simple, I yeah, thought. Yeah, pretty easy. Pretty easy to find us everywhere. Um and if you want to hear anything else from us, please let us know. Yeah. We'd love to know. We'd love to get our feedback, too. Sure. All right. That's it for today. And in the words of NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. <laughs>
Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adrian Wilson. Our conversations in every episode fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adrian Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com.